This is the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast, bringing you conversations about holistic health and wellness with local voices, so you can get to know the incredible experts we have access to right here in the Twin Cities. This episode of the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast is brought to you by Northwestern Academy of Homeopathy, located in Minneapolis. Have you thought about a career in holistic health? Homeopathy is a rapidly expanding branch of complementary medicine, and the demand for homeopathic practitioners is growing. Northwestern Academy of Homeopathy, located in Minneapolis, offers a comprehensive four-year professional training program designed to prepare graduates to practice successfully. Northwestern Academy of Homeopathy is the only programmatically accredited institution in the Midwest and is rooted in the fundamental teaching of classical homeopathy. They are now accepting applications for their next cohort beginning in September of 2021. Visit homeopathictraining.org for more information. Welcome back to the Well-Connected Twin Cities podcast. I'm your host, Lily Zaborowski, and in this episode, I'm joined by Anna Klimek, a trained chef and health coach who focuses on corporate wellness workshops and classes through her company, Happy Food MN. I met her a few years ago, and whenever we're together, we just have so much to talk about. So I knew this was going to be a really fun podcast episode And of course it was. So in this interview, you'll hear her story of how she got into this business and what it means for her. We also talk about mental health and the connection between food and mood. And she gives us some of her mental health care habits, things that she does to support her mental health proactively. Lately, she and I have also been talking a lot about how we're drinking less alcohol because we've noticed some physical effects that we don't really like but we struggle a bit with how to manage that socially. We're not really at the point where we're like, oh, we have a problem and we're gonna like, you know, go cold turkey and make it this big thing. Um, but we just generally don't wanna be drinking as much alcohol. And we've, we talk in this episode about how to navigate some of those social situations when alcohol is kind of a big center point of the event or the occasion. So. I know this is something that we are not alone in, and we've been talking about doing an event for people in the Twin Cities who kind of identify uh, with this term of like casual abstainers, so not any kind of like serious substance abuse issues, but just people that want to be drinking less and are just having a hard time with kind of pulling that apart from social events and interactions. So if you're interested in this, if this is something that is resonating with you, please reach out. I would love to hear from you because if we have a lot of interest in this, we'll definitely pull together some type of event to just get people together to talk about it, either online or in real life as things are opening up now. So let me know if you're interested. You can connect with us on Instagram at Well Connected Twin Cities or through the contact form on our website. And stay tuned. That might be in the works soon. So let's jump into the interview and hear all about what Anna and I talked about. All right. I'm here with Anna Klimek. So nice to have you on the show. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. This is my first podcast, so I'm excited. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's my so first podcast that I've been on. I know I do like so many things, but I have yet to podcast. So I'm really excited to do this. Yay. Well, we're going to have lots of fun. I know we always have so much to talk about. That's true. So today we're going to talk about mental health, the gut brain connection, foods for focus, That is something that you're really passionate about and really skilled in, but do you want to start us off by just telling us about how you got into this business? Like what led you to creating your business of happy food? Emma? I love that question because it's, I think it's super random. So I started out as a personal chef 
Um, and I had, before I became a personal chef, I was working as a concierge. Um, I had taken a little bit of a brain break from cooking. I had actually been living in Mexico and came home and was like living in cooking Mexico. I was like, I just don't, I need to figure out what to do. So I worked as a concierge for a minute. Um, and then I was like, okay, it's time to get back to cooking. It is a compulsion. It's, if it's in your blood, it just is there. You can't not do it. But I knew I kind of didn't want to do it in the um, restaurant space. So I was trying to figure out how to make it work. I have a single mom, how do I cook and still have time for my kid. And I came across personal chefing. I had a mentor who helped me. She was personal chef like my whole growing up. So we cooked together a lot. And then as I was exiting the concierge program, one of the uh, lead concierge for a couple of buildings in downtown Minneapolis asked me if I would just do a little demonstration on how to cook healthy food, um, like right out of the gate. And I went and did it and I had about 80 people show up. I think I had the flu at the time. Um, I was so nervous. I thought I was going to throw up. I had never done any sort of like speaking, nothing before. And after I was done, I was like, oh, this is fun. I could get behind this. And so slowly but surely, I started to build a business out of just teaching people how to cook. And then sort of midway through, I went through my own health crisis. And during that time, I learned how to get healthy on my own, kind of knowing that it was lifestyle-based. I was doing some things, a lot of things that were probably contributing to not feeling well. Uh, and so many of us do, right? Yeah, right. I mean, but you know, I think for a long time, I was just like, it's not diagnosable. So does it count? You know, and then, you know, because it wasn't, I had like IBS, I had a lot of stuff going on. I had, I had a big fear that I was pre-diabetic or going towards the diabetic, but too afraid to ask those questions. So I thought, well, let me see what I can do with myself first. Mm-hmm. Um, because it wasn't so severe that I needed a doctor. I, I knew it was, my, I knew it was what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so then I became a health coach at, um, through IIN. And then I knew that there was a place between being a chef and doing these, uh, workshops and being a health coach and helping people to put it together. Cause as a health coach, it's not, it's a little bit about food, but it's more like, how does that fit into your whole life? How do you find ways to actually do the cooking? I mean, everybody knows if you eat five or six fruits and vegetables a day, it's better for you. But like, how do you actually pull that off? So I marry the two skills of, you know, culinary and the health coaching piece of how you might be able to fit those things into your life. And if it's a priority or not, um, health coaching so much more. So um, then I've just kind of created um, workshops for businesses around basically productivity for their workforce and how to think clearly and food for focus and a lot of those like putting you know putting the combination together of like how you eat affects how you feel and how you think Mm -hmm. totally so tell us more about the types of workshops you do with your corporate clients or people that hire you for teaching to larger groups. What are some topics that you like to cover? So I have kind of two buckets that I say are my most popular. One is just like cooking 101. They don't want to know the nitty gritty. They just want to know what they're supposed to eat and how to cook it, um, how to make some easy, quick cheats. So like breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, and what's in your pantry. Um, Those are really popular. Not everybody's into the nitty gritty of it all. And then some are really into it. Certain groups want to know, you know, that gut brain connection. So I have like more of a holistic series where we talk about food for focus is my number one most popular. Everybody wants that, whether you on both sides, people like to know um, those things. And it's a really fun, interactive event. Um, or workshop and then gut health kind of making that connection between gut and brain health because they really are connected mm-hmm. uh, eating for immunity um, and talking about inflammation and then blood sugar balancing and then those things it's all the 
same. It just, it's the same food. It's just how we approach the conversation. Do we talk about 90% of your serotonin is made in your gut? Um, sometimes we do, and sometimes we don't. And then what I'm also doing is adding in this piece of, especially over the pandemic, some people may have put on weight. They may not know how to go back out into society. So I'm starting to have those conversations as well for, for almost like getting away from the food, but heading towards that healthier lifestyle and body empowerment and acceptance are the conversations I'm really starting to get into and have. Yeah. What are you seeing in terms of how the pandemic has affected a lot of your clients? Well, I think that there is a fear of going back to work. Mm -hmm. um, I know that when people are hiring me right now, it is to uh, bring some humanity back into the workplace and connection. Mm -hmm. uh, because so many people are working virtually now, mm -hmm. um, which is a really big difference and you know, overwhelm uh, with all of the duties that parents uh, have on top of everything else. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> the idea of a healthy weekly dinner can be just way too much for someone to handle sometimes. So, you yeah. know, the idea of gut health isn't even at a priority because we just need to figure out how to eat. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I think that that's maybe why Food for Focus has become so popular is because um, it's something that everybody can kind of relate to. Like, I am not able to focus. How do I, you know, is there anything that I can do lifestyle-wise that can help me dig in just a little bit more? Because everybody's feeling tugged in a million directions. Yeah. I mean, what a year. It's just like, it's first of all, it's been so long. It's been over a year now. There's been so much that's happened and so many different ways that everything this year has affected people. And I think it's hard to meet people where they are because I feel like everyone's kind of at a different point, depending on the week almost, you know, of like, are we feeling overloaded? Are we feeling stir crazy? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's so many emotions and, um, the thing with that is normalizing that because we are so isolated. Like I know that I have spent most of my pandemic. I'm a single parent. I live with my daughter and my dog. Um, I often say to my dog that he's my best friend because we Aww. have the longest conversations. Omelet. You know, I mean, <laughs> that's in normalizing that, like what is maybe what's going on in my head is going on in someone else's head too. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a lot of trauma. Everybody has experienced some degree of trauma. Yeah. Um, and I think as humans tend to think that it's, that it's just us, it's ours on our own. And so being able to hear somebody else be like, Hey, you know, like for me, I had a little bit of a crisis when I realized, especially as a health coach, I gained 20 pounds over the pandemic. And I thought, how do I how do I show up in my work when this has happened? And I was just like, I show up as myself. This is true. I am not, I am not the only person who that's happened to. So no. how do we make that feel normal and make that feel okay and recognize that that's part of our bodies protecting ourselves because we're going through something and not just becoming machines where none of this matters because it is affected Nobody has gotten through this un unscathed. Very true. Yes. Yeah. And like remembering that you are still you, even though like we've been through all of this and we may look different than we did at the beginning of the pandemic. We're all, you know, at different points. What are, what is your advice for people that might be feeling like that right now? I know you've kind of given your advice to yourself. Um, I, you know, I would say it's practicing and trying it out um, and doing things that you, you know, make you feel good that are s small. Mm -hmm. So like huge for me is lipstick. 
when I slap on some lipstick, it elevates me immediately. Like I know, you know, I got like six colors of lipstick that make me feel good. It's sort of, I know I'm going to go do something. And when we're all wearing masks, we don't wear lipstick. Yeah. And so I'm trying to just wear lipstick because for me, it has always been just a sort of like putting on that game face a little bit, just taking care of myself as I am. And then also realizing that probably walking out in the world, not everybody's going to turn and look at me and be like, well, she's gained weight. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> nobody is paying that much attention to me no. as I am paying to me. I think that's such an important reminder because we're all like that. We all have like our self-conscious things, our hangups, but most people are focused on themselves and not focused on you. So like letting well, that and go. And if they right? are focused on me, maybe they should focus on themselves just a little <laughs> bit more. Like, exactly. I yeah. just, yeah, I think, but it takes practice and to, to be around people, you know, even if it's just having good conversations with like, I talk to my mom just about every day. She pumps me up. I pump her up. She's a good person to just kind of know that no matter what, she's got my back. And when I need a bump, a boost, she is there, you know, having a few people that, you know, like love you no matter what, you know, for me, my girlfriends are huge. We all go through our ups and downs. There are definitely people in my friend group who are on a a scale who have been really, really through it. Um, And then some people who, well, I'd say for the most part, everybody's got their stories and those stories, like what humanize us all together. Mm -hmm. And that I find that helpful. I like to hear other people's stories. So I'm not kind of sitting in my own story, rolling around in it all the time. Um, And I would say, you know, I just heard this from someone else just for advice on how to get out. You know, I've had a couple of things like late makeup, lipstick, and, you know, wearing an outfit you like, but also always thinking about how to be in service of others. If you have that capacity helps you get out of your own head, you know, and remind yourself that this isn't all about you all the time. And it can help take some of that pressure off. So one of the things that I've been doing throughout the um, pandemic is every week I volunteer and I volunteer in South Minneapolis. I do a food rescue from the co-op to a shelter. And it just like, it gets me into the city. It makes me feel like I'm doing something. It is, you know, it's fairly selfish in that I really, really enjoy it. It feels good to me. And so that's just been really since I've been doing it for since the summer and I just love it. It just gets me out of my head, out of my world, doing something for someone else. Love it. We already kind of got into this, but my next question was about kind of taking a proactive approach to your mental health care. So we think about like proactive health as like eating nutritiously and moving our bodies, exercising. And I know you have some tips around that, but what else do you have too? Lay it all on us. Let us know. Yeah, I would say like when I first started on this journey, I am definitely a, a person who has ADHD. I grew up with ADHD and I couldn't, I was a very bad student and a very social kid. And so I was really fun to be around, but I could not learn. And there were a couple of reasons why um, I couldn't learn. One of them is because I was constantly trying to be thin. And so I was under eating and I probably had an undiagnosed eating disorder. And so my brain wasn't getting what it needed to be able to think and function. So that's where like that food connection actually makes a real connection. I ate no fat because back in the day, we weren't supposed to eat fat. Well, our brains are 70% fat. They need fat to be able to think. Um, And putting those pieces together, I remember listening to Dr. Mark Hyman and being like, oh my gosh, you know, like, It seems simple, like maybe we should know that, but people don't know that. I couldn't put those pieces together. Mm -hmm. So even just getting to the point of of where I was like feeding myself well and regularly Mm -hmm. was, 
a really big revolutionary moment for me. And then cutting out things that deteriorate my house. So, and Lily, you and I have talked about this a lot is really cutting back on my alcohol intake. There are so many things that alcohol for me, and I used to participate quite a lot and twice on the weekends, but there it's a depressant. It can cause anxiety. I remember a friend telling me one time, cause I was so anxious afterwards. She's like, well, yeah, you drank last night. I was like, oh, that's a, like, that's a well-known thing. You get anxious after you, I didn't know that, you know? And I was like, well, I don't want to feel like this. So maybe I shouldn't be doing this all the time. Um, and, you know, cutting out some sugar, but then also remembering Sometimes I need soft serve ice cream. Like, that's uh, yes, twist be, cold, please. Yes, I'm like, that's just going to be a day for me. I love soft serve ice cream. But, you know, finding that balance that's right, that I'm not just subsisting on things for comfort, totally. um, but they're treats and they're fun and mostly eating what's well without going overboard by any means. Like just, mm-hmm. I think the biggest gift that I have, trained and learned about is finding that balance. Like I don't eat keto. I don't eat vegan. I don't, there's no label to the way that I eat. I have learned to tune into my body and know when we're doing good mm-hmm. and know when we're not doing good, like mentally and physically, um, not good or bad in what I eat. Right. Just knowing, Making that distinction. Yeah. Knowing how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. And then knowing how to get back to feeling really good. Like for me, I need a lot of protein. I need a lot of animal protein that helps me reground. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and then movement, movement is all about those endorphins and not moving to lose weight, moving because it's good for you, but not moving just to be able to earn my meal for the day but moving because being outside feels really good. Doing yoga grounds me and it connects me to spirit, which over the pandemic has been vital. I would say that connection to whatever it is you, you know, I call it spirit. It's that quiet place in your heart that tells you some of the things you need to know. Your intuition, some people call it God, whatever it is that you believe, finding time to get quiet and connect which I know has been really hard for people right now because you might have a house full of kids and there might not be any quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you can trade off and take a walk, I mean, those things have been vital for me to maintain my mental health. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So you mentioned, we've talked about this, not drinking as much for many reasons. And I think this is something that a lot of people are exploring more now and starting to realize, like you said, it's not just like, it's not about assigning food and drinks as good or bad. It's about listening to your body and noticing how you feel when you eat and drink certain things. And I totally feel you on needing to reduce alcohol consumption, For me, it like, I think for you too, it like messed with our sleep a little bit and yeah. So I've kind of gone in and out of like abstaining, but then still like having to drink once in a while. So it's not like this really strict thing, but I think what's hard for me is, you know, the social aspect of drinking and it feels celebratory, right? And when you're with a group or even just with another person who wants to get a celebratory drink, how do you navigate that? And what alternative beverages have you found that could be kind of fun things to drink that feel special and feel celebratory and maybe feel kind of similar to that, like cocktail feel or beer or wine replacement. So it doesn't just feel like you're drinking something that you drink all day, like LaCroix or something like that. Right. You know? Yeah. I have loved these discussions with you because I almost feel like the younger generation is not drinking as much. It's not as, but it like for us in our aging culture, we did it. We went for it. (laughs) We went for it. (laughs) <laughs> and like I said, and twice on the weekend. <laughs> like, is that why we're paying the price now? Is that why our bodies are more affected? 
I think so. I mean, I think that I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I would never have categorized myself as an alcoholic, but I could basically drink anybody under the table. And I was a bit of a, I was a bit of a, I'm going to call it a booze bully. Like if you couldn't keep up, you know, Mm -hmm. and now I'm like the other guy who's like, I don't know, maybe I won't. But my whole thought is there is nothing that <laughs> there is nothing that can be done under the influence of alcohol that I haven't done. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just not even interesting for me anymore because it's not it's not um, I, I mean, it's territory that has been fully explored. And there's other things that I really want to explore. So for me, it's always like the reminder of like, I cannot. I used to not be a sleeper. I mean, I have like limited energy now because I do think at some point I broke my body because I was just running it so hard. No sleep, lots of alcohol, not eating enough good fats, living off of McDonald's twist cones when I was younger. That was my, that I ate two oh a day. Oh my gosh. That's what we I ate. bond over that because that was my favorite treat. I, I still have mcdonald's that i drive by and i'm like whoa i need one of those <laughs> they're so good i would like get so mad when they didn't have twists too because certain I ones know. would be like Maybe yes. vanilla and it's like no you need that mix yes no you can't just that was dumb and then i lived in england for a year and they did flake there was like this chocolate thing that they put in there yeah it's kind of interesting ice cream around the world Let's, mm. we could talk about it. Um, McDonald's put flake in there. I was like, no, I need chocolate and vanilla twist. What is this? And then my best friend and I, we would rate our ice cream cones um, on a scale of one to 10 and, and how it ended in the crunch at the end. I mean, wow. I, I still yeah. love it. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I will say for sure. Like when I pick up my daughter from school and she has had um, you know, like a day like today is beautiful out. If I was picking her up, I would maybe want to go for a patio happy hour moment, but instead, um, especially by Seward soft serve, they have that cute little neighborhood right behind there. So we'll go for a walk and have an ice cream. I think that's perfectly fine. We don't do it yeah. every single day, but it is a treat and it's fun and it feels celebratory. I feel like with my friends, I did have to make some like proclamation announcements that they were just going to have to get used to me not drinking as much. And there were some questions around that, but I just felt like pre-framing everybody's expectations for me. That's my style. I'm like, Hey, everybody, I'm doing a new thing now. Like I, I do love good proclamation. Um, (laughs) so just letting them know and then you know it's always it's always hard and I there are some things that I love like I love champagne I'm probably not going to turn champagne down but it's got to be like real real good champagne Mm -hmm. um like Veuve Clicquot up up there so like naturally the price point is like do I want to spend $68 on a bottle of champagne today yeah. Um, and then I need a buddy because I'm not drinking a whole bottle of champagne and champagne has to be drink that night. So it has sort of some of those like constraints on there anyways. Yeah. And then it, I will have a mocktail occasionally, but most of the time I just don't even want it because it throws me off so badly. It throws, alcohol is known to be a depressant and to, to incite anxiety but it also throws off your leptin and your ghrelin hormones, which are your hunger and um, satiety hormones. And for me, I have noticed that it really messes those up. Like even one drink, a lot of times it just doesn't feel like it's worth it. And then sometimes I'll have a patio moment and I will um, have a drink where I will dilute it or ask them to do like half alcohol mm-hmm. so that it's, it's not a full on drink, but there's a little something in there. And then, you know, we've got, a, I've got a couple of mocktails that I teach people in the summer. I love like a foam mojito where you just blend up the mint and then you do Topo Chico is my favorite bubbly water of choice. I just think it holds its bubble better and lime, you know, it feels a little bit more special than if you're having just a LaCroix 
And then sometimes what you're missing when you don't have the alcohol is that burn that feels a little like something. And so I'll add like vinegar to um, a bubbly water or I'll do like a lemon um, and warm water or tea. And those, you know, I've gotten so used to it now and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm lacking that much anymore. Unless there's a true celebration. I'm like, I want to celebrate. I will have a drink, but I'll go for months without it because it just doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you been exploring that, Lily? A little bit, not quite as much as you. (laughs) I like throughout the pandemic, I think I went like a month here, a month there, but overall, (laughs) Actually, if you look back on it, it was probably like a little bit hilly, (laughs) like early on in the pandemic. I feel like we were going for, you know, the nightly glass of wine. I mean, that's all you had to look forward to at that time. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's so. Yeah, I think that's when I started to notice things too. And I started to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Um. But yeah, yeah, I would say it's just been more intentional than it was two or three years ago for me. Yeah. And I'm always looking for more ideas for fun little mocktails or other alternatives, things that I can do instead. I think something that worked for me early on, um, cause it was kind of like a habit, right? Like the habit mm-hmm. of pouring a glass of wine, sitting down and watching Netflix or something like that yeah. early on yeah. in the pandemic at least. Yeah. And so to change that habit, instead of pouring a glass of wine, I made myself a cup of tea and that kind of like changed it, you know, because when you're drinking tea, you don't really crave wine or at least for sure. I think, and I think it depends on where you're at. I remember if somebody would have told me to have a glass of, you know, a cup of tea as opposed to wine at some point, I would have been like, yeah, that is not (laughs) an answer, you know, and now, and now I love it. Um, you know, I mean, I think it just depends on where you at and what yeah. you want. And for, for me, what I'm always trying to like train people to do is be like, how is this serving you? How do you feel afterwards? Is it worth it? For me, I was waking up on the weekends and I'd always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I was realizing like, when was I going to do that? I'm a single parent. I work full time, like entrepreneur, what? Um, there's no way to even fill in this time. And so, you know, a lot of times people say your why has to be big enough. And my why has become, you know, I want a, a career in, in, you know, inspirational speaking. That takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication. I can't just piddle around with it. I have to be focused on it and I have to Um, so for me, it it became important enough. And I realized what was making me tired on the weekends was that I was overdoing it. And then also realizing that I was having massive brain fog during the week. So I couldn't even do my job very well. And, and things like that, where I started to put pieces together that the, my lifestyle was deteriorating and taking me away from what I want. And then that's the cycle in which you're like, you know, it's different than having a glass of champagne with a friend occasionally. Mm -hmm. Um, If it doesn't mess with you, it doesn't mess with you. And if that's aligned with what you want, then that it was, it is, it's a different thing than, um, you know, feeling like you have a drinking problem and are out of control. And if one, one glass of champagne is fine, then, you know, I think everybody has their own journey with it and you just have to see how you feel about it and be honest with yourself. Is that what you want? You know, that's what you want. Then there you go. If you want other things, you, it's, it all ties into each other. Yeah. I feel like it's such a health coach approach too, of just really recognizing what you want out of life. What's important to you. And how are the things around you and the choices you're making and your current lifestyle affecting that? And is it aligned or is it not aligned? I think that's a true like path of the health coach is um, I think people want us to tell people what to do. And I'm just, I'm not going to tell you what to do because true health is aligning all of those pieces. So it's not just what you eat. It's not just what you drink, but it's, are you 
living with intention, whatever your intention is, is it following your big why, you know, are you engaged in your life? And if you're engaged in your life and doing the things you want to do, health, health almost comes as a byproduct of that. I feel like mm-hmm. you want to have their energy to fulfill your dreams. So it's almost like flipping the, as I mean, the way that I do my health coaching, it's flipping the narrative. And I have a lot of um, clients that I've worked with that said, you're more like a life coach than you are like a health coach. And I was like, because when you're all aligned, you're naturally healthier. You just want to be. Yeah. Um, and then you can find the time to find where your priorities are. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All connected. All It's all connected. You, you really realize you cannot parcel out um, things, not even on the weekend. If you could go back and tell 20 something year old Anna anything you wanted, what would you tell her? Uh, this question makes me so emotional, but it would be you are enough as you are right now. And you have everything you need right now. If I could have known that, I don't know if I would have listened to myself. <laughs> I would have done the thing where I'd be like, whatever. Okay, mom. Yeah, right. Get out of my face. Um, I definitely like needed to live the path that I was on, but I, I was really hard on myself younger. I had a really hard time learning and I had, so my my superpower was just making friends and, and being connected and super social, but I could never kind of get over, get, get over the hump of feeling like I was worthy of my dreams. And so I think that once, I don't know where the change happened, but entrepreneurship definitely was a piece of that. And the health journey was a piece of that. And just testing the waters for myself and seeing what I was made of when I wasn't partying, when I was asking for maybe what I wanted in my life and then getting a response that wasn't like terrible. When people actually believed me, I was like, whoa, there were a couple of times where I was like, whoa, okay, everybody, okay, people think I could actually pull that off. All right, maybe I'll have to go pull that off. So I think that that's, that has been later in life discovery, like after I've had my daughter in the last, like, I'd say eight years mm-hmm. is actually embodying that, which has been really, really powerful and transformative. And now, now that I know that I am capable of things, I am on a huge learning curve. So I felt like when I was younger, I just nothing would sink in. And that's part of the reason why I'm a chef, because I could learn as I moved. And that's mm-hmm. still a lot me, you know, like that's my brain. I learned with my hands, but now I'm constantly in, this isn't going back to that question of like, how do you keep your mental health? I'm constantly taking courses and trying to um, learn new things. Like I just did a Reiki um, master training and I will tell you, I didn't even know what I was getting into when I went in there. I was just like, this sounds cool. People have told me I should do it. And it was a Wow, it was amazing. And certainly working with your hands, that's what all, you know, it's all about and energy. And Lily, you and I geek out about all of this stuff all the time. I know. Mm-hmm. I did Reiki level one at Devanati Studio. I had I still have to do level two, but I'm going to do it. It's on my list. I'm gonna do it too. It's it was so cool. cool and so interesting. And you know, I'll tell you, like coming out of like I said, I've been a I'm a single person. I've been alone. And so going into this social atmosphere has been terrifying for me. I just don't know how to do it. So then when we did the Reiki training, I had three sets of healing hands on me. And it was magical because, you know, we as humans need touch. That's part of what we're really, really missing during this pandemic is like, we can't even hug the people we love. I'll tell you, my 15 year old will allow it, uh, but she is not like giving it back, you know? And so to have these healing hands on me and then being able to give that back. And there was one point where the woman, I was working on her stomach and she was like, your hands just feel like heaters on my stomach. And I was like, this is 
this is amazing. This is so cool. And it was just kind of magical. And I thought this is what I needed to actually get me into my next step of re-socializing is having that just pure energy healing touch was amazing. Yeah. And that's surprising too, that you are such a social person or have always been such a social person and you're feeling anxious about getting back into social situations. I'm someone who has not been that social most of my life. Well, I don't know. I'm like half and half intro extrovert, but, but yeah, it is like, there's a little anxiety around like, what do you talk about? Yeah. How do you make small talk at this yeah. point after right. we've been through such a year? Like, you know, for people you haven't seen in a long time, it's like, well, where do you even start? Right. And then it's like, well, what's new with you? I don't know. Just getting back into the world like everybody I mean, else. That's kind of true. Like there's not that much new. Right. We have not had, you know, a lot of (laughs) new stories to tell, especially maybe ones that you want to tell. You know, I mean, there's been things where you're like, well, that sucked. I don't want to talk about, you know, the mundaneness. Um, But maybe at the end of small talk, maybe it's we're getting into let's actually talk about how are you how are you for real I'll tell you that's who I am anyways like I don't really care but I do love my dishy dish of some gossip like I mean I'm not <laughs> gonna lie like I, I listen to my talk I, I like a little bit of gossip it's definitely like triggers those like ooh, what's happening ooh, okay. um, but for the most part I want to know who you are anyways and the people that I don't have a huge friend group I have solid people who I trust and know. And those people, I always, we, we got to dig into it because there's always so much to dig into. If we talked about the weather for too long, I'd be like, Ugh, yeah. come on, let's, <laughs> we got to talk about like what is happening. So, but I will say this year, I've definitely, and having my daughter who's very introverted, I have started to embrace my inner introvert and have learned how to occupy my time by myself, which I honestly think is one of the reasons Ophelia was gifted to me because I was like a swirling, whirling dervish, never able to concentrate and be in one place. And she's just like, I'm like, what do you want to go do? And she's like, I want to be home. And I'll be like, okay, I'm going to work on that with you. We're going to, we're going to be home. I'm going to do some stuff at home with myself. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that dynamic. Yeah. That is wonderful. She's taught me a lot. Oh, children are such great teachers, aren't they? Yeah, she really is. And she's so strong in her personality and she nails me every time. I'm like, okay, sometimes you cross the line, you could be a little bit nicer about that, but she is such a reflection and I am so open to it that I really do think we have a great person. And I do believe that like, I mean, if we want to get into this, I believe that our, our children chose, choose us. And there are life lessons in this life to be learned. And so if I can just take that as opposed to fighting everything all the time. And I mean, I'd be fighting a lot right now if I was constantly trying to go out, you know, so I've embraced doing yoga, meditation, all of those sort of deep spiritual things. This has been a really amazing year for digging into that. And that for me has been very enriching and helping me understand how to be I mean I think a talent is to learn how to be alone because you got to learn how to spend time with yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I mean we can look at this last year as a gift in that regard for hopefully I mean for some of us I know some of us also are not necessarily alone as much because the house is full all the time right um but yeah Yeah, like I've always been really good at being alone. <laughs> I like need my alone time, but I think it also showed up, you know, as a kid, I right away was thinking about like, what does it all mean? <laughs> what happens when I die? You know, I was thinking about these things. I think a lot of kids do, but being alone really forces you to like 
be comfortable with yourself and what you've got going on and what you're thinking about. You know, I remember that for some reason I get like what I will call downloads, like while I'm doing laundry. And I'll just remember being like, you know, your life isn't going the way you want it to. What do you want? And I will, I will have, this is the one of the number one conversations I will have with clients is like, what do you want? And I will tell you 90% can't answer that question. So how do we move forward when you don't even know what you want? And I will tell you being 10 pounds lighter is not an answer. You know, that's, there's a reason why you want to be, what, what do you think that's going to do for you at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just want to learn how to like run a 10 K or something, which nobody comes to me for that uh, advice because I don't have it, (laughs) (laughs) but whatever you think your goals are, I think at the, at the beginning of the day, you need to understand what it is you want and to understand that you have to get quiet with yourself and take the time to be comfortable, to sit in that, to have whatever you're trying to fill up. Um, Take time to kind of dissect that journaling for me. Honestly, when I I realized like when I was younger, I had a lot of self-soothing techniques that I didn't use. Um, when I got kind of into college and into what I felt like was adult life, I thought I kind of like, they were immature. I grew out of them. So like as a kid, I would journal all the time and I quit journaling. And then I started bringing it back. I was like, this is so good for me. Why did I quit doing that? Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I would do yoga before yoga was a thing. I would turn on my like cool neon light in my room and I would put, put on Pearl Jam 10 and I would just, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. I would just move my body to like some of the dance slowdown movements that I learned when I was in dance class. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I always love having conversation with you, Anna, and thanks for sharing your experience around connecting the dots between mental health, food, movement, mindfulness, and, you know, figuring out what you want in life and making decisions to support your core values and your dreams and goals for yourself. So do you want to tell people how they can connect with you if they're interested in exploring this either through workshops or classes that you teach? Do you want to give them the scoop? Sure. Well, Instagram is always a great place to start. I'm pretty active on Instagram. So that's a low level way to see what I'm about. And then, you know, you can hire me for workshops. Most companies hire me. And then, you know, so if you're an employee at a, at a company that does wellness things, we do talks. I am starting to build out some bigger programs that sort of talk about the body empowerment and loving the life that you're in right now. I am thinking about creating a new talk calling called the five ingredients to your balanced life taco layer of the taco represents a piece of your life. So in having that chefy piece, but then also having like, you know, the bigger conversations that I think is what everybody is kind of craving these days. So I might be either selling those to companies or also just doing some workshops online. So definitely Instagram is the best. Happy Food MN is the name of my business. Um, We are a culinary wellness business. I do have my Food for Focus course on a Teachable that if you want to like check that out, you can definitely sign up for a Teachable moment and learn a bunch of recipes, how to cook some mindfulness things. It's all, it was actually all filmed while we were up at the cabin during the pandemic, my mom filmed it with me and it was our definitely a cathartic venture. So it's pretty fun. My mom and I dance in it at some point. I've seen it. So fun. Have you? Oh, yay. That's good. So cool. good moves. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, if anybody ever has any questions about any of this stuff, you know, Instagram message me, Anna at Happy Food MN is my email. I love having these conversations. So don't be afraid to reach out. And then I also have a cooking class with you, Lily, on Well yeah. Connected. 
Mm-hmm. So if you just want to learn how to get dinner on the table, that is the perfect place to go. We've got like five different recipes that we cook. So. I love it because you have the five recipes. So it's basically like dinners for the week, but the ingredients kind of overlap. So it's a really nice way to like plan out your food for that week and really maximize your ingredients, like yep. using cilantro and multiple recipes, things like that. And then they're not all kind of the same taste. You really vary the taste. So you keep it, keep it interesting throughout the week. So you don't feel like you're eating the same thing the whole time. Yeah. Using the, the same ingredients. So you're not overbuying. Cause one of the biggest complaints I get is that, um, people buy cilantro and then don't know what to do with all of the cilantro they have. So, um, you have multiple opportunities to use cilantro. And I will also say, if you don't like cilantro, you just don't have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I get that question a lot from people. I hate cilantro. Is there another option? Um, yes. We'll address that question in our class. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was so fun, Lily. Thank you so much. I always love chatting with you. Have you heard about our new on-demand classes? You can learn from local experts in a variety of holistic wellness topics, from homeopathy to breathwork, yoga to cooking. There's a ton of exciting topics to peruse, and you can find it all on our website. Each class is only $30, and you will have lifetime access to the recordings, printable materials, and be able to learn and implement some new things into your wellness practice in real life. You'll also be connected with these local practitioners and know who to go to if you want to explore these topics a little bit further. Check it all out on our website, wellconnectedtwincities.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Well Connected Twin Cities podcast. We would love your help getting the word out to more local people in the Twin Cities. Would you take a moment and give us a review on Apple Podcasts? Take a screenshot of the podcast and share it on social media and let other people know about these stories that we are sharing. Thank you so much for being here.